Lions 10. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer Dugov. Warren Matty Gash is not here today as he is, uh, well, he's with his kids. So uh, he's spending time with the family. A much better cause than uh, than hanging out with us, to be yeah, honest Yeah, very much so. We don't get much done. So um, anyway, we're here to talk about RSL, of course. Preview the San Jose game, which won't take long. <laughs> And, uh, of course, look ahead to uh, the Philadelphia Union, who are a very good team, mind you. Uh, club update, although Maddie's not here, and we don't have much, but we have enough. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a few other headlines to talk about. Sammy J, Nader Monowoha, and what their status lies. But, uh, Spenno. Yes. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I think I'm good. Right. I'm still a bit of a downer from Saturday. Couldn't believe it. Just just like a minute and a half away from snatching a point. So I mentioned this on uh, my post-game little Twitter thing that I do um, on KSL Sports. Go follow them at KSL Sports on the tweet. Uh, but I mentioned this, and I actually name-dropped yourself, Spenner, because we've had a number of, conversa- uh, number of conversations, uh, not only this season, but in previous years past, and... Uh, well, the conversation surrounds how, at times, it feels like Real Salt Lake just switch off. They turn all the lights off. And uh, it's quite a scary concept or thought. Um, and on this occasion against San Jose, 93 minutes into the contest, uh, it, cost them, it cost them a point or, or, th- or three even. I mean, um, really, really disappointing. It was heartbreaking. I, I, just, I have a hard time understanding. For those that didn't see it, Spinner, why, why don't you try and explain exactly what happened? Uh, corner, really late. And yeah, sure, we use zonal marking. It works brilliantly when you're all switched on and you're defending your space. Number one, short corner comes in and nobody reacts. Uh, Eric Holt. God bless him. I love him. I think he's going to be a fine defender for Real Salt Lake. He's slightly on his heels as well. And uh, Danny Hosen just gets around the front and just pokes that in past Nick Romando. It was just all about reactions. And I'm I'm absolutely gutted. I'm gutted because this is a, a much better San Jose team. Now, we look at the results last year against San Jose, uh, 0-0 on the road in July, I think it was, last July. And then a few weeks before that, at home, it was 1-1. Should have smashed them all over the park at Rio Tinto Stadium. Didn't happen. Okay, a tie on the road is never a bad thing, but San Jose did finish bottom, not only in the Western Conference, but in Major League Soccer by about 10 points. That's how terrible they were. They signed this wonderful manager in uh, Matias Almeida, and and the, the franchise, the club, everything top to bottom has completely changed just from this one man. He's, the, he's probably the greatest signing in San Jose history, or recent history, I should say. And that team... Possession-wise, were great. weren't fantastic on the night, but they kept plugging away. They didn't settle for the point. RSL, and we've seen this from Mike in the past. Bring on a third centre back just to shore things up, and it didn't happen. And hindsight is a wonderful thing. I'm sure he'd love to have uh, Justin Glad on the field uh, off the bench just to to have that extra guy in the middle of the uh, penalty area, but it didn't happen. And we defended so well throughout the game. It's just that split half a second, and it all comes tumbling down. It was horrific. Um, but Justin Glad, Spenno, he didn't even make the trip, I thought. No, no, he was on the bench. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, boy. Could have sworn I saw a tweet prior to the game saying Naderman 
Justin did not make the trip due to injury, but I am uh, mistaken. So, yes, it would have been very nice. Uh, What I said was at about the 70th minute, um, and and I I need to give credit where credit's due because uh, this was Dunny's original statement, but when he said it, it resonated with me, and I, I, I... just agreed wholeheartedly with what he said, but he said, right now, screams. And there was a patch, if you remember correctly, where it just felt as though RSL couldn't even get the ball out of their own half for about 10 minutes. I mean, they were just knocking on the door with San Jose, about to score, yet RSL were, were hanging on for dear life. But, but right then, it screamed Everton Louise. Everton Louise needed to come off the bench and just give something, add something to the midfield, a presence, if anything, to the midfield to to try and help slow down what San Jose were uh, were building, and uh, he he didn't do that. He brought on Albert Rusnak uh, in about the seventy something minute, who I thought played very well despite only getting twenty two minutes of game time. And then in the eighty first minute, it was Bofo Salcedo who uh, who came on the be- off the bench, I should say, and uh, well, he just didn't have enough time to play himself into the game. Although he did get a few touches and. Uh, put a few balls in from free kicks or corner kicks, and and he was good. But but then again, he only had what ten fifteen minutes worth of playing time, and um, it's just not enough for uh, for most players out there to play themselves into the game. So it was an interesting substitution. Pa- I didn't hate it though. In all seriousness, I didn't hate the the substitution pattern. I really didn't because what it showed was that Mike Peck he was trying to get three points. Mm-hmm. He was playing aggressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm I, I'm not blaming Mike Petke on the loss. That is solely on the players to me. The players, prior to the corner kick, were complaining to referee um, or, or defending the referee's call of a corner kick as San Jose were, were arguing that it should have been a, a foul outside the box after a magnificent run was made by, by number 11 of San Jose. I'm brain farting on his name, but um, regardless, it was just, yeah, it was horrific. And that, to me, that's not on Mike Petke, that's on the players. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you saw RSL that are able to change their game plan uh, during this game, which I loved. Uh, Mateus Almeida has has made um, San Jose a a, a possession based team, moved the ball around. They've had some good results, bit up and down, bit inconsistent as you would expect in the, in the first season. But they have obviously leapfrogged RSL now into the playoff position. I think they even uh, leapfrogged uh, Houston, if if my memory recalls right, in the Western Conference. Um, so. Uh, I knew that they were going to have a little bit more possession. I didn't realize how much possession they were going to have, but RSL adapted their game to this counter-attacking style that I thought they were very, very effective, particularly with Brooks Lennon, uh, always willing to run. I thought he had his best game in a long, long time. Uh, when, when Albert Rusnak was available, you know, everything just goes up a notch with technical ability and class. I mean, the, the, the guy, and I put it down and you put it down, and we're just going to be very superficial here, Tom, down to his black boots. It's the black boots, Spenner, I'm telling you. And I asked him about it in the, in the press conference after, what game would that be? Columbus. Thank you, Trevor. I asked him after the Columbus game, uh, well, had, had he warned them before? Wait, it was SKC. Yeah, it was Sporting Kansas yeah. City. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So uh, Anyway, Sporting Kansas City, I asked him if he'd warned them before because it looked like his touch was exquisite. Uh, as it generally is, it just looked like it was a bit better. And he said, no, uh, we'll have to see how um, or what I wear going forward. He's worn the same black boots for the last three games and, and, and done a tremendous... Uh, or put it's in, purely down to the black boots. I think so. They look slick, don't they? They do. They look Sexy. lovely. Uh, going back to Brooks Lennon, Spenno, he was yes. my man of the match. 
Um, him, uh, I really liked him. I really liked Aaron Herrera. Aaron, okay, speaking of. Made Team of the Week. Yes. Along with Nicholas Romando. David Kevin Romando. Is that his name? I don't know. Okay. Nick, Nick Romando, though. Um, on the bench, though. Yes. But, I mean, just, uh, honestly, I thought the back line was so good. Um, and, and for all their hard work, this, this one hurts more than anything for me because of all the great work that entire uh, 11 men, or I guess 13 men in, in total because of the two subs, uh, the shift that they put in, I thought they came away uh, and would have deserved wholly a, a point on the road. I thought they were the better team. Uh, and while we're throwing out some names that played well, I, I would like to also throw out Donny Toya, who I have also been very critical of. Uh, I will admit, I have not been all that pleased with how he has played over the last month. I remember about a quarter of the way through the season, he was playing a, a great brand of soccer, and, and then he tapered off and he hasn't been playing well. And the first 10 minutes was ugly, going up against Christian Espinosa. Everything was going yes. down the right side for San Jose. And and Donny Toya was having an absolute nightmare trying to control him. In fact... He got nutmegged and uh, embarrassed, humiliated. It was really quite, uh, it was cr- really quite shocking. But after that ten-minute period, opening ten minutes of the of the game, he he settled. And Christian Espinosa didn't have much of an impact going forward. He 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 was nothing mm-hmm. like the opening ten minutes. So Donny Toy, despite not playing well in the first ten minutes, he rebounded and was able to shut down. Uh, well, arguably San Jose's best player. Christian S. Benoza, who's on loan from uh, Villarreal. Yes, yes. Very... I thought it was going to get ugly that first 10 minutes. Yeah, I didn't like uh, it. He was going past Donny at, at will. But that's the one thing about Donny. Donny's, Donny's kind of got uh, something built into his psyche where if you beat him a couple of times, he's, he's, he's going to improve. Right. Um, he's gonna, he's going to fight. And, and he's going to put in the challenge. He's going to body check you. He's going to make sure that you know. Uh, that that Donny Toy is around, and I thought that he did that. And and as you said, uh, Christian Espinosa just faded a little bit, and uh, and Donny improved a, a ton again. You know, outside that first ten minutes, where I felt like it was going to be a, a bit of a rough one, a bit of a rough game. Tip to the cap to the adjustments that uh, Mike Pecky made, and um, you know, again, I think. You know, a point would definitely would would have satisfied me. There were a couple of opportunities where we could have stolen all three points ourselves. Uh, before we jump ahead and talk about the Philadelphia Union, who uh, sit five points clear on top of the Eastern Conference, I think it's only fair to give you guys this week's club update. Real Salt Lake Club update. Brought to you in for by Matt Cash. Spano, come on. Oh, you want me to do the club update? It's fine. I'll do it. I don't mind doing it. Yeah, I want you. To- so I spoke to Tara Meyer this morning to get an update on Nader Monawuha and Sam Johnson. Both were working out fitness wise. He saw Nader on the field with the lads, um, but it was purely fitness work it was not really being involved uh, with regards to, to drills and whatnot um, Sam Johnson was somewhere else I believe he was indoor uh, getting treatment and working out again on his fitness 
The interesting thing for me will be, it's Tuesday, we're recording Tuesday, if you're listening to us Wednesday, Wednesday is the day off for the players, they will be getting a day off this week, along they they did yesterday as well actually, But uh, which is Monday, if you're listening Wednesday, so not Tuesday. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see what happens on Thursday, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what uh, the media has to say, if they ask the right questions, actually remember to ask the questions. Um, Why don't you how, go down there then? I work full time, that's not my full time job Tom. Is that okay with you? Carry on. Oh. What, are you trying to pay bills or something? You've got kids to feed? Apparently. Figure uh, it out, p- Kids to pay for that maimed themselves. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so, no, I'm very interested to see what happens on Thursday if they rank the questions uh, of injuries. That'll be awesome. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Hamilton Alave, 1 0 victory. Yes, but before you go wait, on. Wait, wait, okay. Well, it's worth noting that uh, Sam Johnson has a thigh strain. And Nadim has an uh, abductor strain? Yes, yes, I believe those those were the technical terms. Okay. I'm not sure how serious. Again, Nadim being out on the field uh, doing some fitness work in the main core group gives me a lot of hope that he'll be available for Philadelphia. We'll, we'll find out more. Again, I would be tuning in to the press conferences after uh, practice on Thursday to see how those guys have reacted. Uh, now I can talk about Harmison Lave getting for, uh, three points on his uh, uh, second debut as an interim head second coach debut. Uh, for the Monarchs. 1-0 victory over New Mexico United. Ricardo Avila breaking his ankle in that game. Absolutely gutted. He's already had surgery successful, but he'll be missing the Pan-American Games with Panama. The under twenty three tournament, absolutely. I'm distraught, really, because I thought he was going to be there or thereabouts when it comes to playing with RSL. I thought he'd be there. him and Douglas Martinez, who was also going to the Pan American Games with Honduras. Um, but uh, those are the two that have been really massive standouts for for the club. Uh, the Monarchs um, they take on it uh, Sounders FC two this Friday. It's at home, eight o'clock game. Are you on the call, Spano? I am not. That'll be Landon Southwick and David Horst, former RSL centre back, on the call. But I will definitely be making my way down there. Very nice because I have a ton of fun. Yeah, no, they, those are fun games out there at uh, Zebra Stadium. Is that what it's called? Yes, Zebra yes. Stadium. Uh, Monarchs now sit in ninth spot in uh, in the standings. So. Four wins on the bounce. Yeah, no, they they. You know, I remember kind of looking at where they were sitting a month ago when they were down towards the bottom, and they are making a rise. So uh, congratulations to the Monarchs and, uh, of course, Hamerson Olave. Now, the Royals, they're coming off a bye. They didn't play this past weekend. Uh, I doubt they get their three U.S. women's national team players back as they'll be in New York City partying with a little sham pleasure. That's champagne for those of you. Uh, wow. So they they won't be back for the Friday night game. On the road against Sky Blue. Uh, the Royals sit in fifth spot, Sky Blue on the bottom, but both the Royals and Sky Blue do uh, have a game in hand. So if the Royals can uh, can bounce back after the 2 0 defeat to uh, the Rain, then they have a chance to go back to the top of the standings. It all just depends on goal difference. So they're, um, they're two goals behind. Uh, the top of the, the, the ladder there, and I can't even remember who it is, but regardless. They're in the hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, they're due for a win, and life will be much easier when, uh, when they get their three U.S. women's national team players back. Speaking of which, congratulations to the U.S. women's team, Spenno. Yes, awesome game. It really was. It was fun to watch. I didn't watch it. 
I watched it. I was folding laundry while I was, while I watched the entire game. And and I, how long does it take for you to fold laundry? Uh, Ninety minutes, apparently. Unbelievable! You only, only got one arm. Well, I do have a larger family. You're a rabbit breeder, are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, it, the US had played better during the World Cup, from, and I didn't watch the entire World Cup, I'll, I'll be blatantly honest, uh, particularly after England lost to the, the mighty Lionesses, got knocked out by uh, the US, men's, uh, US women's national team. <laughs> um, but, you know, watch the final. That Dutch goalkeeper, and I cannot remember her name, she is without a club. Yeah, I saw that. Unreal. She's the best goalkeeper in the tournament. She was superb. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, Megan Rubino, goal, penalty spot. A fitting end to the tournament for her because um, it was a massive F you to the idiots in the English press. Uh, particularly Piers Morgan, who's a horrendous human being, and hope he has a, a, an awful Star, time. No, do you want me to stop now? Yes. I can't stand Piers Morgan. Yeah, I can anyway, um, great victory and uh, well-deserved. But what was interesting to me is that um, it's getting closer. Teams are getting better. Women's league teams, uh, leagues around the world are getting more competitive and what brought a tear to my eye, I won't say a tear, but what I thought was amazing, Tom, is that I looked at the viewership, the viewing numbers for that uh, US-England uh, uh, game, and 11.7 million people tuned in in England to, to watch that game, which I think is absolutely amazing, and how you know the, the women's game has come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, no, I would agree, and... Uh... Congratulations to the women's teams. The women's team, despite all the uh, particularly con- Kelly O'Hara, Christian yes. Press, and um, uh, uh, Sauerbrunn. Yes, Becky. Becky Sauerbrunn. Um, uh, 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 brilliant. I'm just delighted for them all. Yep, and can't wait to have them back in uh, in the Royals' colours. But despite all the controversy, was what I was going to say. They were able to uh, come through the other. Well, there was controversy. There was Megan Rapino making headlines. Not singing the national anthem, which she hasn't been doing for years, by the way. Brilliant. She hasn't been doing it for years. She's a hero. Yeah, no, she's Heroine, great. Actually. And she she's had the final hero. laugh with the penalty kick and the opening goal in the final. By the way, she's the first woman, first and only woman, to play in three World Cup finals. She won the Golden Ball for the best player in the, of the tournament and the Golden Boot for most goals. I believe she ended with six. So she, um, she was sensational. And uh, congratulations to her. Um, we'll take our one and only time out, come back on the other side. We'll, of course, preview Philadelphia Union, uh, talk about where RSL sit in the standings, and uh, Sam Johnson and what he means to this club. All that and more coming up right after this. Welcome back in to the Lions. And hey, quickly, before we uh, start talking about the union, um, we forgot to mention that during the club update, uh, Bofo Salcedo will be unavailable for this week's match due to yellow card accumulation. For reals? I didn't know that. For reals, yes. Or at least that's what I read. You've so... got to be pooping me. I thought Everton Louise was the one that was... Being protected. 
I will double check, but uh, I did read that this morning. So um, who typed it? Uh, I he he who shall not be named. The useless fella. <laughs> On a uh, ranking of, uh, can we not? Um, yes, no. He's got going? five yellow cards now, so he's he's suspended the game. Louise this, has five as well. This vexes me. Louise has five as well, but he, he's been suspended already, right? Because I know Beckerman's been suspended, so has Demir, and they're both on five. Um, the only ones that were on um, yellow card, next yellow card suspension, were Everton Louise and Aaron Herrera. And then two would be Nick Beasler. So I'm uh, going to go with the notes that Matt Gashk and Taryn Meyer put together. They could be incorrect. I don't know. I just don't believe that. Um. So, yeah. Are you going to find out? We'll find out because, yeah, that's that, that wasn't even on my radar. So I, I may be incorrect, but I always go with, uh, with Matty and... Um, and, and Taryn before uh, someone else. Fair, no, that is a bit fair enough. So uh, according to MLS.com, mm-hmm. player accrues five yellow cards, $250 fine, and a suspension from his next MLS regular season match, is what it says. And on uh, RSL's website, uh, there are a lot of players on five yellow cards. Uh, Bofo Salcedo... <laughs> Everton Louise, Carl Beckerman, Demir Kranach, and Aaron Herrera are all on five yellow cards. Hey, must have uh, missed the Bofo off then, so yeah. My, and my... Bofo Salcedo did pick one up. Uh, yes, he did. Over the weekend uh, for that stupid little slap that he tried to he tried to slap the ball out of one of the San Jose defenders' hands. I loved hands that about was, Bofo. Yeah, though. I did, but like when you've got one more yellow card to spare and you've got the Philadelphia Union coming in in a week's time, you can't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'd prefer he'd done it against... <laughs> Columbus, so he missed the San Jose game. But, you know, such as like, he plays on the edge. I love that he's got a bit of oomph about him. Yeah, you know no, that's mean? fair. So I believe he's a, he's out for the game. Uh, Spenno has his doubts, but uh, we will find that out for you. I'm more than happy to be corrected as well. Okay. Uh, moving on, Spenno. Yes. Because we have not done good podcasting job this second half. but um, We really haven't been terrible been so horrible. far. Um, which we normally are, but... Um, and, I, and why you would tune back in, I have no idea. But the Philadelphia well, Union. I okay, Trevor's got an update on Bofo. I just got confirmation. No, we, we've we've had it clarified. Bofo won't be suspended next game. While he does have five yellow cards, there are other quote-unquote good behavior considerations that reduce the number of for accumulation purposes. He has reached that in incentive twice, so now he ha- he is at three on accumulation. There you go. So Matt, game, uh, Matt Gash and, and Taramara are always, always correct. Yeah, always go to those guys first. Okay. I not, not to uh, subpar uh, reporters. Yes. Uh, I refrained from making a comment. Um, Philadelphia Union, Spinner. They're a good, yes, good soccer. Yes, very good. Yeah, they're very, very talented soccer club. They're deep from their goalkeeper all the way through their midfield and up into their strikers. They, uh, well, they have talent and... Uh, they score a lot of goals. They don't concede too many. In fact, they have the second best goal difference in all of Major League Soccer. Um, and I was looking at this yesterday. Listen, listen to this, will you? 
So, the Union, who sit first in the East, they're five points clear of DC United, although DC have a game in hand. Um, they've got a goal difference of 11. So they've, they've scored 39, conceded 28 uh, mm-hmm. for a goal difference of 11. The number one team in Major League Soccer, when it comes to goal difference, shouldn't be a surprise, but it's LAFC, of course. Uh, they, <laughs> they have scored 50 goals. Yeah. And they have conceded 16 goals. Fastest. They have a goal difference of 30. Four. Fastest club to 100 points in Major League Soccer. They are the... I mean, it's hard to put into words, honestly. They are so good. 50 go- They've scored 50 goals. Oh, and by the way, they've only played 19 times. Some teams out there have played 20. It's quite remarkable. They're, they're a wonderful team to watch. Carlos Vela is... Uh, who said this? Was it... Danny again? Am I still in another one? Danny's he, he said, uh, Carlos Vela is MLS's version of, of an Arjun Robin, who, by the way, just retired. So uh, congratulations on uh, a tremendous career. Doesn't go down as easy as Arjun Robin, but that's fine. No, yeah, that's fair. Arjun would, uh, he would fly around the pitch, figuratively and literally. Okay, back to uh, Philadelphia. What, what do you know, Spenner? I know their their uh, coach Jim Cohen is is a uh, a solid solid coach, um, and and for a while there, last couple of seasons, you know, there's been rumours that they're trying to replace him when when he's been doing a a fantastic job. Not the biggest budget when it comes to to the uh, the club itself, but uh, fighting it out season in season out to for for playoffs. Um, I believe they were the U.S. Open Cup runners-up as well to Houston Dynamo. Um, so disappointing there, but yeah, just just a really solid team, and uh, they're they're no mean feat. They're they're away record, four wins, three ties, three losses. I mean, but you know, you have that kind of record on the road. That's nothing to turn your nose up at, and uh, they they will be a formidable uh, force when when they come in. And and to put that into perspective, you know, you had um, a few weeks back, you had Atlanta United coming in uh, to Rio Tinto Stadium, who we took care of handily, uh, which, which was great, a two-one victory there. But three wins and six losses on the road. And then you look at the other big boys that have come into town um, from uh, from the Eastern Conference and um, Toronto FC. Two wins, five losses, two ties, similar to to Real Salt Lake's uh, kind of record. So this this is a team that does pick up points uh, on the road in, in Philadelphia Union. They'll uh, they'll be a, another stern test uh, for for Real Salt Lake. The, the nice thing is is that we do have a full complement of players without knowing the the full updates and the rest of the week updates of Sam Johnson and Nader Monhua. But uh, Everton Louise, you would expect to definitely jump back in. And uh, and be part of the uh, the starting eleven. The Union uh, they sure have been in better form this season. They're not in the best form. So of the, from their past past four MLS matches, they've uh, they've won once, they've drawn twice, and they've lost once. So uh, that win coming against Orlando City, who ended the game with ten men. The loss coming against NYCFC that was a four two loss at the end of uh, last month, end of June. Uh, disappointing. They're coming off a 2-2 draw with Orlando City. They they played Orlando back-to-back, uh, losing the first time and drawing the second at home. So they're not in the best form. But look, they've got players. 
and uh, like really quite talented players. Andre Blake, their goalkeeper, uh, is the goalkeeper for Jamaica, and he's been one of the better goalkeepers in Major League Soccer now for quite a few years. Uh, the 28-year-old has all the athletic traits required to be a good goalkeeper, and uh, he's pretty good with the ball at his feet as well. Makes good decisions, and he's uh, he's hard to get the ball past. So, um, and then and then their midfield is is solid uh, as well. With uh, Mon- Montero, who's in the midfield, um, and then they've got Fafa Picolt, who is very slimy. So uh, look, they've got speed in the midfield. They're not the tallest of blokes. Shabilka as well. You got you can't leave out the the uh, po- the well. I would say Polish, but he's he's born in Germany. Uh, Shabilko, that the big centre forward. He's like six four. He's six four. He's he's a unit. Uh, but nine goals in the season. Um, that tells you the type of soccer they're playing. They're looking for those knockdowns. Musley uh, centre forward is going to batter the back line. Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva, if they are the starters, I really hope Naden plays. Me too, because Me too. he is a great matchup for uh, the big Polish man. Uh, you know, who he reminds me of just a uh, he's a younger version of Mark Viduka, the Dukes. Really? Yeah. Maybe a bit bit smaller. Dukes had a, was a bit broader than him, but. I was going to say he's he's got he's a bit of a he's a bit of a big lad, isn't he? He's a big rig, and uh, if you watch any of his highlights, you'll notice that he wins most balls, most of the balls in the air, and he'll also uh, he'll also finish with a decent touch on him. He can curl the ball around uh, goalkeepers into the back of the net. So they're, they're, they're talented, I guess. That's the point we're trying to make. They're um, formidable. Uh, they're good. They're on top of the Eastern Conference for a reason, and uh, it's a massive, massive test. For Real Salt Lake, and I'm I'm just uh, well, I can't wait because I want to know how they respond more than anything. I want to mm-hmm. know how Real Salt Lake respond from what was such a heartbreaking one 0 loss out there at San Jose. Uh, it, it'll tell you really everything you need to know about Real Salt Lake and the type of team that they are. Um, if they respond with a with a valiant performance and pick up three points at home, you know this team's a real deal. And uh, if they happen to sneak their way into the playoffs, then they c- they can make a run because mentally they're strong enough. If they don't, and they crumble, and it looks like they're still uh, having a hard time dealing with the 1-0 loss to San Jose, then question marks and concerns should arise from the fan base. But it's just a massive, massive, massive game. Real Salt Lake, by the way, uh, just in case you guys are wondering, sit in eighth spot now in the West on 26 points. That's just one point behind seventh-placed Houston. So they're outside the playoff line. Uh, but they're knocking on the door, and uh, this is this is a massive, massive opportunity to pick up three points against a very talented team and test themselves. More importantly, yeah, and and it is. I mean, this this is where we want to start uh, seeing um, Real Salt Lake consistently pick up those wins at home. Uh, that's what's going to get us over the playoff line, um, and and the games are coming thick and fast. There's there's no doubt about that. The next couple of weeks is nice. It is one game a week, and then it gets a little bit skewed again when Tigre is coming to town on the twenty fourth Pioneer Day. Pine Beer Day, yes, Happy Pine Pine Beer Day, yeah, or Pioneer Day, whatever uh, you would like to say. Trev just uh, shot something over my way that I uh, forgot to uh, to mention. Sebastian Velasquez. Oh yes, he just signed. Just signed with El Paso. A locomotive down in El Paso, Texas. Good to see him back in the United States after a little short stint in South Korea. Uh, but uh, you know, we love our we're lo- we love our own, and uh, he's a, a young player that that came through the ranks here, moved around, has overcome some demons himself, 
and uh, you know, just delighted that we'll be able to, to see him on ESPN Plus on occasion. Yes, no, he's a he's a talented soccer player as well. Uh, all right, before we get to the predictions, uh, I I want to get into a juicy, a juicy conversation. There, okay. there are two topics I really want to hit on. Uh, one negative, one positive. The negative would negative, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Spenno. But what in the world's going on with Corey Baird this year? Great question. Great question. Uh, I thought that he was going to go from strength to strength after his uh, rookie of the year, 2018, playing more centrally. I thought he was going to go from strength to strength, moving into more of his natural role, that that wide forward role. Um, It just looks like it's off a little bit. I think people maybe figured him out a little bit. Um, He does his his touch isn't final touch. Is bad. It's not been as fresh as it has been. He's still been involved, still puts in a really great shift. You've seen him stretch the back line, particularly against um, sport, uh, sorry, against uh, Columbus Crew um, on uh, July 3rd. It just hasn't quite, quite clicked. I'm hoping with the fact that um, Brooks Lennon is available, maybe Joao Plata gets in that, Maybe there's an opportunity for him to sit on the bench, very much like um, Brooks Lennon did. Uh, Brooks been playing fullback for the last year and a half. I've always said it. You've always said it. He's alluded to it. He's way more comfortable playing that attacking role. I thought he had a very good game against San Jose, but there was an opportunity there for him to sit, learn, and 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 be coached. Uh, Without him being on the field for ninety minutes, where it, you know you could be pulled up on things, I think something similar needs to happen with with Corey Bed. Jefferson Savarino coming back is, is a great um, t- timing wise. Both of us are saying, as I said already, Joao Plata. Hopefully, Sam Johnson isn't overly hurt. We'll, we'll really find out more uh, Thursday, Friday about his status for for the weekend. But uh, I think there needs to be uh, an opportunity for him to to sit back. Uh, and the limelight to, uh, and the, the pressure to be off of him a little bit. He needs to relax. I agree with you. Um, it was fantastic to see Jefferson Savarino back in RSL colours. He put in a tremendous shift as well, despite only being in town a couple of days before flying to San Jose after his uh, Copa America tournament run with Venezuela was cut short by Brazil in uh, the quarterfinals. So, uh, but Corey Baird, that final touch for me has just been really, really poor. Um, one thing you know you're going to get with Corey, which is a positive, and I'm sure Mike Pecky uh, appreciates this about Corey, is the work rate is exquisite. Absolutely. Uh, and Never I'm sure He has to know that he's not playing great, he's not in form, yet he will go out and run his little heart out um, to try and help this team win, and, and, and hopefully it'll turn around for him. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about quickly was Sam Johnson, and um, I've been thinking about this for a while now, but... For Real Salt Lake to make a playoff run, first of all, Sam has to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you could argue that along with Nader Monoha and Everton Louise and Albert Rusnak and Demir Krylak's probably in the conversation as well, Sam Johnson is an integral part of the success of Real Salt Lake. He plays such a massive role. And although he hasn't played all that many minutes this season due to not showing up to meetings or, or having injuries or, or simply being rested because he's traveling uh, from the Liberian national team back to Salt Lake. Whatever the case may be, he hasn't played that much, but when he's played, he's had, a, he's had an impact. 
like an impact at the striking position that nobody else has been able to find this season. No, we've been crying out for a number nine, really, an effective number nine uh, since uh, Yuromov Sissian came back from Spartak Moscow with the expectations that Yuromov Sissian was going to be that guy. It didn't quite work out. Didn't quite work out with, with uh, Mike Pecky and, and Real Salt Lake, him being back. Scored a few goals. Uh, and then you're relying on a um, Alberto Otunio. Alfredo. Alfredo, sorry, yeah, same thing. Um, we've already forgotten him. Um, and, and Corey Bed. Corey Bed beat Otunio out and, and rightly won, uh, you know, um, rookie of the season in Major League Soccer. It's not his natural position. It's it's something he can fill in. It's something that uh, Brooks Lennon can do and has done for Liverpool on the 23s on occasion, but they are both wide forwards. Sam Johnson is a number nine. Uh, someone that can drift out wide, someone that can get in behind, someone that can win the ball in the air. He's got it all, and we have missed that since Sabarillo uh, left Real Salt Lake. We've never had a proper replacement. That's four years. That's long too time. long. It's a long time. That's a really long time. So now that we've got him, got to keep him healthy, keep him in rhythm, keep the service coming to him, even if it is off the foot of Demir Krylak. I don't care, as long as he's the one who's putting it in the back of the net. He he feeds off it, and he's confident right now. He has the speed, he has all the attributes, but you know what he does that makes him a true number nine is he finishes. When he has opportunities in front of goal, he doesn't do what Josie Altador did against Mexico in the eighth minute and, and hit it with the inside of his left heel, wide right, when he's one-on-one with the goal. He finishes, which is so exciting to see because all he needs is one opportunity. And uh, and he should capitalise on it. So I don't have his shot to goal ratio, but I know it's very very high and it's close to leading uh, the the MLS. So uh, he's a talent, and um, I guess that's all I wanted to talk about. Was grateful to have him. Very much so. He 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 will be a big big reason RSL make the playoffs if they make the playoffs. If if he's not healthy, I just I have a hard time seeing them make the playoffs. Well done, Bomber Dog, for finding him. Was Bomber the one? Well done to Bomber. Hat tip to Bomber. Hopefully he's holding in there, big Bomber. Uh, predictions, let's go right to them. Oh, wait, can we talk? Right. Sorry, we don't have headphones in, uh, in this studio. Um, it's not the usual studio. I'm a little disappointed because I'm sniffing the mics and it's not the Brian Dunseth's breath or, or Mike Pecky's breath. Yeah, so it's thrown us for a bit of a loop. But... Um, all right, well, uh, Trevor's going to go last because he doesn't have a microphone. I'll go first and say that Real Salt Lake are going to get back on track at home at the riot, uh, and it's going to be a 1-0. No, it's not. It's going to be a 2-1 victory. Spano? Oh, you bugger. Exactly the same, 2-1. That was what I thought. Very similar game to how we played against Atlanta. I'd prefer... To not have an injury time winner, even though that does ex- add to the excitement, but a 2-1 victory ne- the, nevertheless, uh, and back to winning ways. I'm going to go a 2-2 draw with Ew. a goal that will equalize at the death for RSL. And I'm going to say that that goal is, is scored by Jefferson Saverino. He's going, he's going full on... Specifics now. Well, he's going full on Atlanta United circa a month ago, essentially. I can't remember yeah. what that got. Go- was that? Was that two one? Two one. 
Except you're saying 2-2 and he's getting a point out of it. Um, all right, Spen, anything else to add for this week? No, I love you both. Enjoy your trip. Yeah, I'm going to Newport, thanks. I need some beach. You know, I need some sand between my toes and wherever else it ends up. And let's, uh, let's hope uh, Benny Lennon takes care of the dog while you're away. He's, he's scheduled to, so if uh, the dog's dead by the time we come back, I know who to blame. Uh, all right, uh, enough of that. Uh, we appreciate you, Maddie. Uh, we hope you're well, and we're excited to have you guys back next week. Same time, same place. This has been The Lion's Den. Goodbye.